scriptures. Today we celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, which is sometimes called the birthday of the church. And at Pentecost, the disciples changed. And like every birth of a child, we remember the circumstances and what happened when they came into the world. As Christians, we know the story of the birth of the church. It happened like this. At the time of his ascension, Jesus had told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit, which would come upon them with power. And they would then be his witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Ten days later, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly the Holy Spirit came upon them just as Jesus had promised. And it was not a quiet, calm, interior, spiritual experience. Rather, it was powerful. It was violent. It was a burning and blowing experience as if fire and storm had entered the house and was filling and seizing those first believers. What happened next? The disciples, who now numbered 120, began speaking in the various languages of the people who were present. They were speaking about God's deeds of power they had witnessed through Jesus. And all those who gathered in Jerusalem for the feast, those who had come from all points of the compass, all over the known world, were amazed at what they saw and asked what was going on. Still others began mocking the disciples, uh, saying that they must have been drunk. But Peter got up and began preaching, explaining that the coming of the Holy Spirit on the church had been foretold long ago through the prophets and that Jesus himself, who had worked tremendous miracles of power, was indeed the long-awaited Messiah and his death and resurrection was according to God's plan. And when they heard this, it says in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, that they were cut to the heart and said, what should we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you, for your children, and for all who are far away. That's probably us. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And 3,000 people were added to the church. And so the church was born. As we know the story of the birth of our children, so we should know the story of the birth of the church on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem those years ago. Birthdays change us, don't they? How did the birth of the church change the disciples? Well, if you compare Jesus' followers on the day of Pentecost to what they were like 50 days before, you would simply not recognise them. Such was the change. The disciples back then were slow. They did not understand what Jesus was on about. They were timid, hiding behind locked doors because they feared the authorities. And they were weak. They had fled under pressure. And Peter even denied knowing Jesus. They were slow, timid, and weak. Throughout the Gospels, the disciples were painted in very uncomplimentary terms. Scholars call this the criteria of embarrassment. And it very much supports the authenticity of the gospel records. Why would you concoct a tale that was so unflattering 
to the first leaders of the church. But in their defence, the disciples had no prior expectation or category in which to place Jesus and all that took place in the last week of his life. We wouldn't have fared any better than they would. They did. Jesus had patiently taught them that he must suffer and die, but it was like they didn't really hear him and were utterly, utterly unprepared. But when Pentecost happened, there was a dramatic change in the disciples. Pentecost was a birthday that changed them and transformed them from a slow, timid and weak group to a group who bore witness to Jesus with confidence and fearlessness and intelligence and power. This birthday changed them. So how do we account for this change? It is impossible to explain this change in any other way apart from the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the church. It was the Spirit that filled them with confidence. It was the Spirit that filled them with love. It was the Spirit that filled them with courage and with power. And we know that Peter and the other disciples spent the rest of their lives traveling throughout the known world, telling people about Jesus Christ. They faced rejection. They faced hardship. They faced the loss of liberty and life itself. It is believed that all the disciples, apart from John, were martyred because of their faith. Only the experience of Pentecost can explain this extraordinary transformation. This birthday changed them. And today, many of us have also experienced the filling and empowering of the Holy Spirit. We can fully identify with the disciples who experienced a tremendous turnaround in their lives. For me, that experience of the Spirit has come in two different ways. First of all, I experienced the comfort, the encouragement, and the reassurance of the Holy Spirit. How many relate to that? I couldn't do that on Zoom, what you just did on me. <laughs> so it's nice being able to interact and respond. Thumbs up. Oh, we could do thumbs up on Zoom. That's true. So during lockdown, for example, the Holy Spirit enabled me to get up each day, to remain positive, to be full of hope, to support others, and to be your priest. Without the strengthening of the Spirit, I'm certain I couldn't have done that. Many others have said to me that through the prayer, devotions and worship that we as a Christian community experienced, they also felt the strength and encouragement of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives us hope and a purpose and a sense that God is with us and all will be well, no matter what our circumstances may be. So these kinds of experience of the Holy Spirit are personal and kind of private, but that's not all there is. There are other ways the Spirit changes us. I want to talk about the exterior ways that we are changed. Many could, find, uh, of course, find it easier to talk about the internal side of the Spirit's work. But the Spirit also brings about external changes. And I'm talking about the ways we engage with others about our faith. As the disciples engaged with the crowd on the day of Pentecost. Speaking again personally, 
I have experienced the Holy Spirit giving me just the right words to say to someone in need. And it hasn't been me. Uh, To begin a spiritual conversation with someone with grace and understanding. Uh, To really own my faith in the public setting. To confidently speak up for Jesus Christ. In other words, to bring my faith out into the open into the, into the public square to move from the interior world of my personal faith and beliefs to the more public and open sphere of conversation and articulation of my faith. And it seems to me these two sides of the Spirit's work are clearly evident in the lives of the first disciples on the day of Pentecost. In fact, the two sides, the inner invisible side and the exterior visible side, are, of course, two sides of the same coin. It's the same spirit bringing forth the same transformation in our hearts and minds as well as our words and deeds. And if for a moment you thought that speaking about your faith in God was somehow not quite as important as your interior beliefs, something that you could lay aside and that was okay, then may I respectfully ask you to think again. One of the main themes we read about in Acts chapter 2, is the theme of communication. The disciples received the ability to speak in other languages so that all those who were present from far and wide could hear and understand the good news of Jesus. Now, traditionally, Anglicans um, have agreed on the importance of the inner transformation of the Spirit much more readily than the importance of speaking about our faith in Christ to others. But think of this, without the public proclamation of faith that we find on the day of Pentecost, there would be no church at all. You don't have to be a scholar to to read that and realize that that is true. So you see, to be consistent, we need to experience the transforming love and power of the Holy Spirit inwardly and subjectively, but also we need to be equipped and strengthened by the Holy Spirit for our outward and public witness as Christian people. And as Stephen mentioned, our Commissioner of Police in recent days has owned his faith publicly, and the new leader of the opposition has done exactly the same just in the last 10 days. That should gird our hearts to do the same in our family settings and work settings, to say, yes, I am a Christian. But you know, during the time of lockdown, thousands of people who were not part of a church reached out for the resources of our faith to get through. People have been impressed with the way the churches have offered pastoral care during lockdown. People not used to attending a church have accessed the huge number of online church services that were made available. The church has been shown to be very resilient uh, and adaptable indeed. People are more receptive, receptive about faith in God than they have been for a very long time because of the situation we're in. As we struggle to make sense of our new reality, people are more open to the possibility of faith in God. So what I'm driving at is now is not the time for timidity or fear or weakness. 
There is a new openness toward faith and the very practical benefits of faith that people can see being expressed during lockdown. So let us be filled with the Spirit on the inside and let that transformation well up within us so that it overflows and changes us on the outside as well. Let's be the church in our hearts, minds, and our engagement with the world. Let's be filled with the Spirit as the disciples were on that first day of Pentecost. Because birthdays change us. So let this most important birthday of all change us. And as you come to receive communion this morning, as you open your hands to receive the wafer, let that be your heart opening up and asking that God would fill you anew by his spirit and enable you to be his witnesses in the world. Amen.